2 Timothy chapter number 4, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word today? 2 Timothy chapter number 4, appreciate everyone's participation there, and uh, we do praise the Lord for Dr. Shetler, and this, I know it's a lot of work that goes into this, and uh, we're getting the kinks worked out, but praise the Lord today uh, for all those who have participated, doing a great job. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, we have this exhortation here in a very familiar passage of Scripture, and I just want us to read, I'm going to really concentrate on just one verse today, and uh, bring out somewhat of an application uh, that I really believe we're dealing with in our culture in a great way today. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, let's look at verse number 1 if you would with me and follow along as I read. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 1, the Bible says this, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Well, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. For they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. How many believe you and I are living in this day and age? Would you say amen today? Amen. We absolutely are. Verse number 5, But watch now in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love His appearing. I'd like for us to really look at verse number 7 here in this passage of Scripture that says this, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I'd like to preach a message entitled this morning, I give up. I give up. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, in the time that we have today, we ask, Lord, that you'd move, you'd guide, you'd direct. Father, it's not about us, but it's all about you. Shame on us, Father, if we come in this room not prepared and ready to hear the word. And then walk out those back doors saying, well, nothing really happened in my heart today. No, Father, help us to have an eager desire to eat up your word. Father, it's not about the preacher, it's not about the songs, it's not about a perfect schedule. No, Father, it's all about you. Now, Father, I ask, Lord, that you'd give me the wisdom, that you'd give me the compassion to teach, and the boldness to preach what you'd have me to preach today. Father, we love you. In your Son's holy and precious name I pray, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. In your life as a college student, I think, honestly, truly, it's probably a no-brainer. If I were to ask you today, do you ever get tired, I think your answer automatically would be yes. As we look at about two and a half, three weeks out from midterms looming, as we look at projects now that several weeks ago we had plenty of time, but now those projects are upon us, as we look at deadlines, as we look at even today a college bill that is coming up and that next payment that is always over our heads and can we get enough hours, do we have enough to give and 
than our ministries on Wednesday nights and Saturdays and Sundays. There oftentimes comes at this season, at this time of year, in the life of a Bible college student, there comes that thought in the back of our head, can we do it? Have you as a college student ever had maybe even the thought, maybe I should just give up? Maybe I should just quit? I think of today, Dr. R, many that are not in this room, but are perhaps uh, across in Revels 103 that are, are over there and getting their directions to walk across this stage in just two months. They've been here for some of them two years, will get their associates. Others have been here for four and will walk across with their bachelors. And then there are others that, well, they've got their masters now. They have finished what they set out to do. But I have to wonder about that senior class that, to be honest, I was not here when many of them were freshmen. I would say for many of them, there was a much bigger uh, class that uh, started with them than are going to finish. What happened to them? Where are those that sat here eagerly with their Bible open? and mean, they were ready to play the games. They were ready to study. They were ready to get in the Word of God. What happened to all those that used to be here? And man, all the way through high school, Brother Rabin, they said they wanted to be in ministry. But they, they wanted to dive into the Word of God. They, they wanted to be a missionary. They wanted to be a school teacher. They were eager, excited, packed their bags, got here. And now their class will walk across the stage having finished what they set out to do. Where are those today that, that used to be called, those that used to have that eagerness, those who used to have a burden and now no longer, many of them uh, not even in college, many of them not even in the Word. And to be honest, there are many that if we were to look at their social media today, they have nothing to do with God, church, or God's people. What happened to those people? I'm raising five kids right now, and I love my kids, and to be honest with you, they, it is such a joy each and every evening to go home and to be with them, and, and I love my twins, twin girls, Nora and Rose, four years old, and no matter what they're doing, what they're uh, involved in, what they're playing, when I get home every day, they will run off the couch and run down our hallway and give me a hug, and I, I love our family. I'm raising our oldest son, Tommy, is 10 years old. Several years ago, Tommy uh, was playing soccer, and Tommy's pretty athletic, just like his mother, and, uh, and to Tommy is, is pretty athletic, he loves to play in just about any sport right now, he's playing in uh, the East Lancaster League in basketball right now, and uh, Tommy several years ago was playing soccer, he was the top scorer, uh, loved the striker position, he was decent on defense, uh, as he's playing in this county league there back in the south, uh, it just happened to be one day that, that, to be honest with you, Tommy was not on his game. He had not scored. We were heading into the second period there, and, and he had not scored. His defense was awful. He was not running like he usually should. And, and uh, finally, there was uh, halftime, and he came over, and my wife and I were there. We run over, you know, and it's so funny because he's like six years old. We're talking to him like, this is the World Cup. We're like, son, what's the matter with you? You got to get in there. Take this, that. And he just honestly was not into it at all. As I walked away, he actually asked Carrie, my wife, he said, Mom, can I, can I not play? Can I come off the field? She said, no, son, you're, it's your team. You get in there, you fight for it, you get to play the hardest you can. We're proud of you. He got on that field, and we didn't know it at the time. We talked to the coach afterwards, but there was a, t a player on the other team that, uh, to be honest, was just a dirty player. I know it's little kids, but 
Uh, he'd kick and, and uh, he'd push and he'd shove and the referees weren't calling it. And, and Tommy happened to be on defense with this kid most of the time. And, and to be honest, he's taken, he's taken Tommy to school. He's taken him to task. He was, he, he was really beating up on him. So, Brother Shepard, what'd you do? I drop kicked him at the end of the game. <laughs> Just kidding, I did. Okay, but anyways, it, it was, what happened with Tommy is, to be honest, he became very discouraged. And he wanted to quit. Do you know at the end of that game, after halftime, Tommy scored more goals than he had ever scored or has scored before. The second half of that game, he ran up and down that field harder than he ever has before. The second half of that game, I'm telling you what, he made that other punk just look really silly on a field, you know, six years old. What made the difference? Was it a pep talk? No, not really. Was it the coach? No. Was it, was it because you know, his mom made him get back out there and go again and know this is your team? No, no, not really. You know, what really made a difference was his parents were on the sideline acting like fools cheering him on. We sat back and we're screaming, come on, Tommy, you got, get him, knock him out, take him out. And everybody else looking at us, drinking their little Gatorades, like, they are crazy. I'm like, yeah, we're right, we're crazy. It's our son out there. Yeah, we're going crazy. And it put, it just, it jolted Tommy to get back into the game and to finish. May I tell you today, college student, discouragement often comes in your life and in my life. Discouragement, I believe, is one of the devil's greatest devices. It stops preachers and it takes college students out of ministry or, or it stops them from ever finishing. May I make a statement this morning? Tune in for just a moment. The Christian life is not a constant high. The Christian life is not always rainbows and butterflies and great joy and click your heels and boy, it's all fun. We never have downtime. We just go all the time. We just 100 miles an hour just serving our God. It's just great. We, we never have a down moment. No, friend, may I tell you today, if there are many adults in this room, there are often times that uh, Dr. Shedler and Dr. R and Brother Rabin and his wife and Brother Sultanic and, and Brother Spaith and, and so many other that are in this room, we have to go to God and we've got to go to God in tears and we go to God when discouraged times. We, we're going to God in dark times. At times in our ministry, we are tired. We get uh, discouraged over finances or family problems or raising kids or grandkids or a college student that, that just doesn't see the potential that they have and, and they sit there and I give up and I'm done. I just call it quits and I don't know if this is for me anymore. And you know what? I, I gave God eight months of my life and I told him one year I'd give to him. And you know, to be honest, I'm not like so and so. I haven't really been called and I can't really preach like them. I can't teach like them. And I, I never, I wasn't on the freshman 15. So to be honest with you, I'm just done. May I tell you, friend, do not let discouragement ruin your ministry life for the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you today get down and out and say, well, you know what, I, I think I'm just going to be done. And then let, let me remind you, listen now very carefully. The reason you cannot give up is this. Paul said this, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Can I tell you something, college student? There is not one of you in this room, including myself, that can make that statement. We cannot pin those words. We have not fought. We have not finished. We are not done. 
In fact, I believe there are many in this room that as we look at you, we would say this, you are just beginning. Beginning to experience the greatest life you could ever have. When you become discouraged, when you become down, when you want to just say, I give up. There are several aspects that will keep you running. Would you write this down? Several aspects that will keep you running. Number one, would you write this down? Number one, Christ will keep you running. Christ will keep you running. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2 says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Listen, listen, listen. You tuned out. You missed it. Watch, watch, watch. Look, it says, Jesus looking unto Jesus. The author, check the wording out, and finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set down before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Watch this now. Look what it says. For consider him, think about him, dwell on him, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint, watch now, in your own minds, Jesus is the ultimate example. Jesus gives us that pattern for running. His pattern shows us that no matter what the circumstances are in your life, no matter how down you are, doesn't matter, man, you messed up on a paper, you didn't get a quiz, you, you, you're, you're failing this class, you're, you're stuck in the dorm, you're, you're sick here, you, you broke up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Understand this, you and I must look to the pattern of Christ, who, by the way, friend, if you think about it, that there's probably no one who has ever lived who had much, uh, as much failure as Jesus Christ did. You say, no, whoa, 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 that seems blasphemous, Brother Shepherd. How can you make a statement like that? Think about this. In his ministry, he chose 12 disciples. One of them totally turned his back and betrayed him. On the night that, that, that Christ is going on trial, there was nobody there with him. In fact, one that he absolutely loved and used was on the, in the inner circle, denied him three times. Think about that as he's training. Talk about, talk about feeling like a failure, that here you are and you're training these men. And, and to be honest, they, they go up to the garden and the guys fall asleep while praying. They can't even make it through prayer. He comes to seek and to save that which was lost. And yet, those that he came to seek and to save, those that he loved, hung him on an old rugged cross. You talk about failure, friend. But I am so thankful at the end of Jesus' ministry, after he has now been buffeted in the face, after now he's had his beard plucked, after now he's had the crown of thorns in his head, after now none of his disciples are with him, after he has been beaten with a cat of nine tails 39 times, after he's dragging a heavy cross through the street, after he is totally abandoned and totally alone, he takes nails in his hands and his feet, and as he... Uh, breathes there, tries to breathe in pain. Uh, I am so thankful that he did not call 10,000 angels. Let's just be real today. He did not need 10,000 angels to destroy this world or to come off that cross. I am thankful today that his pattern showed us as he cried out, it is finished. I think for a long time in Christianity, we have held men to this standard that at times we have treated them as a God, little g. 
Are there people in our life we ought to pattern our lives after without a doubt? Are there men and women that we love and, and we want to model our marriage around or the raising of our kids or, or whatever the case might be? Yes, absolutely. But there is no greater pattern for us to continue on in this race, to continue on in our college degree, to continue on in turning this life upside down than that of Jesus Christ. And friend, I'm here to tell you today, you may be discouraged and you may be down and you may have a frown on your face and you may not know what tomorrow brings and you're struggling with knowing of oh, what am I going to do during the summer and how am I going to go on and how am I going to get the money and how am I going to pass this test? I'm just telling you, your friend, today there is someone on the sideline that's cheering you on and it might be a mom or a dad, it might be a grandma or aunt or uncle, but I'm telling you the greatest is Jesus Christ because he said this, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. May I tell you today, for those of you who think you're alone and you're out and you're down, no, 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 you've got Jesus Christ. You may say, my parents are divorced, nobody loves me, I'll never, I'll never amount to. No, 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 friend, I'm just here to tell you, Jesus Christ is saying, you put those thoughts aside. God is saying, I gave my only begotten son for you. I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't quit. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus. Are you looking at him today? You and I can achieve our goals either by human effort or by the power of God. The dependence on God's power is absolutely the best choice for each and every one of us. I love the verse that says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I love the verse that says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you and I are discouraged and we want to quit, number one, Christ will keep us running. But number two, would you write this down? Converts will keep us running. Number two, converts will keep us running. I love the psalmist that wrote, he that goeth forth and weeping, bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again, bringing him sheaves with him. Can I just say this? Are you down and out? You say, what does converts have to do with it? Friend, I don't know how to say this. And to be honest with you, anyone who knows me by now, you know I, I shoot pretty straightforward. I don't beat around the bush too much and probably meet with about so many students a week. And, and I always just get right to it. If you're feeling discouraged today, Why not go win a soul for Christ? Now, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, Brother Shepherd, good night. I thought this was going to be like, you know, really good pep talk. Go win a soul for Christ, really? Like, that's going to pay my bill? <laughs> like, that's going to bring my boyfriend back or my girlfriend back? Go win a soul for Christ, really, Brother Shepherd? I mean, you had me at the first Christ. She's, yeah, okay, got it. But a convert, really? For me, I say today, there is no greater feeling in the world than winning somebody to Christ. When you and I start to see that there is a real hell, when you and I become, once again, Bible believers, understanding that our task and our job is to go out and to win this world, I'm just telling you, friend, we start to put all the worries and little concerns behind. 
When you and I begin to dig into God's word and comprehend that everyone that we come in touch with here in the Antelope Valley of 300K plus people, but when you and I start to see and start to realize that, that we have been called to tell them, when you and I are discouraged because, well, you know, well, we didn't get a high school in Mario Kart, or, well, you know, uh, Fortnite won't download on my new uh, iOS, and, and boy, I'm just, I'm just down and out because this isn't working out. Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't up there in the 5K, I even run it, and yeah, you know, I didn't get up there, and we're, we're just scourge about little things. I'm just telling you, friend, go out and win somebody to Christ and watch how Christ will renew your vision. Watch how he will rejuvenate you. Watch the energy that you will once again have for going out and sharing God's love with others. Friend, I'm just here to tell you, if you and I don't have a soul winning goal, what are we doing? Uh-oh. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is Dr. Artis, what we talk about all the time. Now, here it is. Here it is. What do you mean a goal and soul winning? Yep, here they go. Well, I'm telling you, I'm old Baptist boy. Them independent fundamental Baptists, they're all about standards and goals. And, you know, they, they're this and they're that. They got to go. I'm just telling you, friend, look. I, look you ready for this? There's two dorms last year, last semester. They said, we're going to win 100 souls to Christ. And both of those dorms did it. They won 100. You remember it. Hey, guys, do this. Everybody look at me. Look, look, look. Real quick, stand up if you were in one of those dorms. You remember who you were. Stand up real quick. You were in one of those dorms. Somebody in their dorm said this. You know what we like to do? We like to set a goal, and we like to win 100 people to Christ, and two dorms did it. Now, I just want to talk to every one of you men who are standing for just a moment. I'm just here to tell you that somebody had a vision, someone set a goal, and that goal was not based on performance. That goal, Jesse, was not based on, well, let me see if I can beat you, and well, since I beat you, thank God I am not as this man. No, no, this is not a pharisaical type of goal. This is someone that sparked a little spark that took fire, and that fire became a flame, and just, I mean, it flew through the dorm to where everyone was excited about, hey, Let's get another soul. Hey, let's go out and win. Hey, how did you do when your soul went in? Hey, what is your technique? What Bible verses do you use? I'm just here to tell you, men, those of you who are standing up, listen very carefully. Don't let the naysayers discourage you from going out and winning souls. Well, you know, how many souls did they really win? And where are they? Have they not been baptized? And I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not against them. I'm just saying, look, I've seen it. I'm not against them. I'm just saying, you know, where are those that are getting discipled? We need to be very careful with, uh, you know, us just going out and ABC, one, two, three, repeat after me. Dude, look, I get it. But you know what? God knows your heart. And to be honest, the naysayers that come out against you, are usually the ones that are not soul winning. And those that are against you, and where are they, and what happened, and this and that, to be honest with you, most of the time, it's a little kid's jealousy that's in them that they weren't standing up in chapel today. Don't let anybody discourage you. Have a goal. Each and every day, Carrie and I have been praying through this year. It's just, it's, it's, Maybe it's embarrassing to even say, but our prayer is this. For the Shepherd family personally, God, give us somebody to win to Christ. I pray every single morning, God, give me somebody. I'm here to tell you, men, don't you get discouraged, Michael. Guys, I'm just telling you, listen to me, Abe. Don't you get discouraged. Well, it's been a dry season. Well, it's this, it's that. I'm just uh, you give it to God and go out and win some souls for Christ and watch what God does in your heart. Watch what he does for you. Man, I'm just telling you, every one of you who are standing, 
And, and for those of you who are not staying and you've, and you've got to go, I'm just telling you, I praise the Lord for you. TK, I'm telling you, I praise the Lord for you. You know what, guys? Good for you. This is not a one, two, three, let's lay it down, and okay, we did this, and I'm pretty sure they were saved, and you know, they were three years old, so we'll throw them on there. No, I'm telling you, you guys had, <laughs> you had a goal, and you had a vision. I'm telling you, West Coast Baptist College, I know we have fun, and we have games, and we have all these uh, you know, weird names of Pi Delta and this and that. And, uh, but let me tell you something. Dr. Shetler will tell you right now, if we took all that away, fine. Let's keep the main thing the main thing, and that is winning souls to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you agree with that today, say amen. amen. Thank you, guys. You may be seated. Watch this. Number one, Christ will keep us running. Number two, converts will keep us running. Number three, would you write this down? Consistent Christians will keep us running. That same verse in Hebrews chapter 12, same chapter says this. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight of sin that does so easily beset us, and let us, watch the word again, run with patience the race that is set before us. What really helps me is to appreciate preachers who inspire me. It's not so much their reputation. It's not so much maybe their big churches. It's not even so much at times their ability to preach. But many times those who I look at and look up to and, and truly admire are those uh, who have continuous, lengthy service for the Lord. Look, there are those who have been faithful that you have never heard of that have been in the ministry for 45, 50 years serving God and you've never seen their blog You've never seen their Instagram pictures. I'm just telling you, what ought to be, listen men, I'm talking to the men for just here a second, and honestly ladies, what ought to impress us more than some 21-year-old that can blog or some 23-year-old that uh, you know, has 10,000 followers on their Instagram or you know, they had uh, 14,000 views on their TikTok. I'm just telling you, what ought to impress us more is someone who has been in the ministry and who has stayed in the ministry. You know why? Because they're pulling for you, friend. They're pulling for you. Can I just tell you, tell you, listen, college students, 36 years old, you know my heart, you know me, you know I love you. But I'm telling you, I have not been in the ministry a whole long time. I'm not talking 20 years, you know, I've got under my belt. It's just not at all. So I'm about 14, 15, 16 years. But can I tell you this? <laughs> Dr. Shetler and Mrs. Shetler have been in a long time. How many years have you been in the ministry, Dr. Shetler? Do you know? 40 years. Dr. R? 40 years. Hey, college student, let me share something with you. <laughs> Did you know that Dr. Goddard, who's across the way leading that meeting over there, does not have to be doing what he's doing? He doesn't have to be teaching. I, I'm just telling you, Austin, Libby, look, look, Ashley, I'm, I'm telling they. Dr. R does, and Mrs. R, who was sitting at the back here, they don't have to be doing what they're doing. Priscilla, at their age, you know that they're, they're at an age that many people, most people their age, are now retired and soaking up the sun on a golf course. I don't know if you caught this or not, 
But did, and I didn't know this till just a little bit ago. Look, look, watch, watch, watch. Did you know? Did you hear what Doctor R said just a little bit ago? That I started the needy uh, college fund twenty years ago, and I have always given to it. Y'all, I'm just telling you right now, that, that convicts me to the core. How much do we spend at the GA or Starbucks? And yet we've been given money towards our bill. And have we ever stopped and thanked a man who for 20 years, every paycheck gave to keep you here? Oh, man. Do you know what we need in our life? Is a consistent Christian that continues to push us to live our life for him. Andy, what we need in our life is not just, well, Nick, you know, somebody that's out there and they're really cool and, you know, they're, they're really hip and, you know, they know all the cool words and then the lingos and, and they understand God's grace. You know, look, I'm just telling you, I think what we really need is some, some Christians in our life that have been in it for 40 years. Let's be honest today. Brother Bakili, you know, you've been here. Dr. Art, let me just ask you a point blank. We didn't rehearse this and you know this. I'm not telling you what to say, but have you ever had some discouraging moments in your life? Sure. Dr. Art, you don't even have to answer this if you don't want to, if it's too much too personal, but have you ever had the thought, I, I should just give up? Have you ever had that thought? He said he's had the thought. Friend, can I tell you? There had to be someone or something in Dr. R's life that was telling him, get up, run, come on. You can do it. We're falling in love with all the wrong people today. You know what I want in my life is some men like, like Brother Godfrey. That guy's a hero or should be in our minds. You know, Dr. Shetler said that today, but Dr. Shetler would tell you he'd die for Dr. Sisk. You know who we need in our life is some consistent Christians who, who are willing to admit life has not always been smooth. Working with college students is not just always pancakes every morning with some chocolate chips sprinkled on it. It's tough sometimes. It breaks our heart every time a college student leaves and, and never comes back. Excuse me, it's always an excuse. Well, it's family. Well, it's this. Well, it's God's will. I'm just telling you, friend, you and I better be careful throwing out God's will like a credit card at Subway where it's just, that's ah, God's will, it's God's will, well, it's God's will. I'm just here to tell you, friend, is it really, really God's will for you and I just to say, well, it's tough. Well, I've gone through some hard times. Well, I don't know if I can keep going. Well, you know, I could do this, but there's some easier ways out there. No, friend, I'm just here to tell you, 
you and I today have some consistent Christians like Dr. R, Dr. Shedler, and Miss Shedler, and, and Mrs. Godfrey, and, and Dr. Goddard, and Mrs. Goddard, and, and how about Mr. and Mrs. Weaver, Dr. and Mrs. Weaver, who are sitting here. They don't have to sit here today. They don't have to do this. They could be out. They could make a lot. They could be retired. They could, but no. What are they doing here? I'll tell you what they're doing here. They're looking in the eyes of each and every one of you, and they're sitting on the sideline of that soccer field saying, don't let that little punk discourage you. Don't let that, that referee discourage you. No, you get up. You keep fighting. You keep going. You get in that race. We believe in you. Friend, I'm here to tell you today, you don't realize how much we need you. Every single one of you. You're important. Well, I, I appreciate that, Brother Shepherd, but, you know, I don't know really how important I am. I could go out there and do this. and I get it. You could. And if it's God's will for you to be a doctor, then by all means, be a doctor. A lawyer, a plumber. But I'm just telling you, friend, I think sometimes... We're on the field of life and we're giving up too quickly. Excuse me, I just want to say this. Today. Do you know in my life, I was not a six-year-old that was called to preach. I was not, I was not a kid that, yeah, I went to youth camp and well, I was called to preach. And well, my whole way through, I just knew this is my God's calling. For. I was, to be honest, this is, check this out. I was a one-year Bible college student. One year. That's why I gave them. And do you know in that first year, God did not call me to preach. <gasps> what did you do? I came back for my second year. And did you know in that second year, he still didn't call me to preach? <gasps> Brother Shepherd, what did you do? I went back my third year. In my third year, I began to sense that calling. I met this girl named Carrie Clayton, who was going to be my wife. She told me, sitting at the table, I've, I always knew I was going to marry a preacher, and just then I knew I was going to be a preacher. Dun-dun-dun? <laughs> 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 yep, no. <laughs> it was a junior heading into my senior year. Getting counsel, Lord's not calling me. Even began to think about business college afterwards. Lord, I, I'm going to come back and I'm going to finish what I said I'm going to finish. My senior year, God began to put his hand. Tell me, here's what I want you to do with your life. I want you to preach the gospel. What if I would have come off the field? Dr. Shetler, what if I would have said it's over, it's done. You know what, forget it. Could God have used my life? Sure. But there were some areas of encouragement along the way. It was Christ. He's on the sideline cheering me on. Man, it was the converts. It was, it was those who needed to be saved. It was consistent Christians like those who sit in this room. Well, would you like, write this down and we'll be done, but would you shut your Bibles? Would you write this down? It was also the coming of Christ.
Verse number 8 of our passage of Scripture says this, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not me only, but unto all them also that love His appearing. The remedy for discouragement is understanding, now listen college student, watch and I'll be done, that the Lord is coming. Charlie, I know you, but Thomas, I know you look at your life. (laughs) Miss Fleming, you look at your life. Micah, you look at your life and you say, I got a lot of time. And to be honest with you, if God tarries you, maybe you do. But then again, maybe you don't. Maybe you do have another 60 years. But you're not guaranteed another 60 seconds. When I start thinking about my life, and I start thinking about the aspirations that I had as a 20-year-old, to be honest with you, it's it's kind of funny and and almost silly at times. (laughs) I want to do this. I'm going to be this. I'm going to go here. I remember, Dad told me the other day, most of you know my dad, Dr. Tom Shepard, he told me the other day of conversations that we had, and now thinking back, I'm literally so embarrassed that I had these conversations with my dad. Like, I'm trying to talk him, I'm a 17-year-old, I'm trying to talk him into sign this waiver so that I can buy a motorcycle because it's, you know, it's going to get me better gas mileage. And now I think, like, I would never let a 17-year-old have a motorcycle, are you kidding me? And then I tried to talk dad into uh, investing in a little business that I had. I only need a couple thousand dollars. And I think back about that business, and I'm telling you, if I told you today, you would laugh me to scorn. It's so silly. Think about it. Now I'm 36 and raising five kids and living the best life in Southern California, investing in you. Even at 36, Dr. R, I'm like, the Lord's coming. He's coming. And Sunday night, I, I could have invested in a kid's building, but ah, we got bills to pay. I could have given him my life. I did. I won your Bible, if you're sitting here. But do you know that he could come back today, this year? And for me, I say this, only what's done for Christ is all that's going to matter in eternity. Excuse me, when we give an account, what are we going to give an account on? What we did our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You discouraged? You down? There are several in this room over this message have had tears in their eyes. They didn't tell me what they're going through. But I'll tell you this, they're discouraged. One of our heroes of the faith, Dr. R, has said today, there are, there are dark times in my ministry and in my life I wanted to come off the soccer field. But how many today would say they're thankful that Dr. R stayed on the field? Amen? Amen. Yeah. That's a consistent Christian. Friend, today I don't know what you're going through. I might not even know how to help you. But I know a Savior that does. Don't give up.
Don't call it quits. Stay on this field of life. And one day when we hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. When we look at him face to face, we'll know it was worth it all.